0: We invite you to this coming week's message of Good Theology, a podcast ministry of the Good Theology Project, a mission of ministry to seek, sow, and spread God's kingdom of love here on earth. We cannot wait for someone else to do later what God has already called us to do here and now. To learn more about the Good Theology Project, visit us online at goodtheology.life. This episode was recorded for a live audience at the 2021 Q Christian Fellowship Conference on Wednesday, January 6th. This episode, by coincidence, was being recorded during the insurrection at the United States Capitol. I and the audience were unaware of the circumstances that were transpiring while the recording was happening. I hope that it is clear in my message for this episode, but just in case I would like to explicitly clarify that all reference to standing up for oneself standing for God, and defying cultural norms are with specific direction of God's love for the world and his creation. Standing up for oneself or one's beliefs is not the condemnation for violence. I would now like to recite a prayer for peace from the Book of Common Prayer reminded to us by the Most Reverend Michael Curry. Eternal God, in whose perfect kingdom no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness, No strength known but the strength of love, so mightily spread abroad your spirit, that all peoples may be gathered together under the banner of the Prince of Peace, as children of one God and Creator of us all, to whom be dominion and glory now and forever. Amen. Well, good afternoon. Today on a very special episode of Good Theology, we're broadcasting live uh, with the Q Christian Fellowship 2021 conference. I'm really grateful to have been invited here and grateful to share this uh, virtual conference space with you. Um, I'd like to especially thank the executive board and staff of Q Christian Fellowship uh, and the translators for all of their incredible work to cultivate radical belonging for LGBTQ Christians and allies. For those of you joining us for the first time, good theology was begotten out of equal parts frustration and hope. Um, if you've been a follower of Jesus Christ for more than five minutes, you have felt some form of that frustration and hope that I speak. It's um, it's different and yet the same for all of us. <clears throat> that back and forth uh, is what has us gather here at the conference. It's what has us gather in churches and anywhere that we encounter God's grace. And I say gather um, literally and figuratively in these times, right? But so I truly hope that this podcast feeds part of that need for you uh, as it has for me. If you've been a recurring listener with us, we're adding something new to our format. Uh, in addition to a message, Good Theology will take time at the top of each episode to answer a theological question you might have. What does the Bible say about X? How do I reconcile Y? Um, each week, you'll address, Each week we'll address a question before delving into the word, and those questions will come hopefully from you. However, because today's episode is being recorded live, we're going to offer that opportunity to our attendees here at the conference and open up for Q&A at the end of the episode. The Q&A is in the chat of this Zoom. My apologies to our listeners who are tuning in after the fact, uh, but to keep this conference a safe space, uh, we've decided that none of the questions or answers for today's episode will be included with the recording. Um, But beginning next episode, at the top of the episode, I will take one or two questions submitted over the course of the coming week and seek to answer them on the show. So please send us your question to goodtheologyicloud.com or visit us uh, on our website where we have a link to submit a question, goodtheology.life. With all that said, one thing we make sure to do before delving into scripture is to center ourselves and our intentions. The words for our Centering Prayer and for this episode's scripture are in the resources document on Jehovah for the conference attendees. And for our listeners, it's in this episode's podcast description. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you, our behavior to share you. Glory be to you, God, source of all being, incarnate word and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. This episode scripture comes from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. We'll be reading from the NRSV translation. John the Baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased the baptism of Jesus. It feels like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Like a thing that shouldn't happen, right? Like we get baptized for Jesus. So why does Jesus need us to be baptized? Why does the Son of God need to be cleansed or anointed any uh, any of it right? Like if he is who He says he is, why does Jesus need to be baptized? and why do we need to be baptized? But baptism, just like communion, wasn't something Christians made up because of Jesus. It was a holy action from first century Judaism and that allowed God to do something new. Like we've taken it and we're allowing God to do something new with us that has profound meaning. For, for century Jews, a ritual full body cleansing in a running spring water was about purification. Um, In verse four of our scripture today, we know that John, we know what John was doing, right? He was baptizing repentance for the forgiveness of sin. That's what it says. And yet that one phrase, that one phrase is like the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious of super dense Bible verses, right? (laughs) A ritual full body cleansing with a changing of mind and pardoning of being towards or to a release and pardoning of one's ethical faults and failures. That's what John was preaching with his baptism. And Jesus walks right up to him and says, sup cuz, can you go ahead and bless me while you're at it? And John's like, huh? you're the son of God, you don't need a blessing, which which is to be fair, that's like what I would say, right? And of the four gospel accounts of Jesus's baptism, only in Matthew and John, do we actually get an explicit reason, right? Like Luke and, and Mark don't tell us, hmm. but and maybe they do, but Matthew and John get more explicit about it, right? In Matthew, we're told, Jesus says, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness, or more bluntly, um, do this to reveal divine approval and justice, right? Meanwhile, in John's gospel, we get John the Baptist admitting to others that he's baptizing Jesus so that Jesus can be revealed to the people. Um, and that's Matthew chapter three and John chapter one, uh, if you want to go back and look at it later. They both provide us with two different flips of the same argument. Baptism is a cleansing for revelation, and it's a validation, right? Now, we didn't read it, but And I get that I'm throwing a lot of scripture all out at the front so my apologies and and just sort of hold on with me right now but part of the recommended scripture for this Sunday's lesson which is where I pulled which is where I got Mark chapter 1 4 through 11 from is also Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 through 5. Now I love me some verse 1 and 2 uh, of, the, of the Bible, because not only does it set the tone and theme for all the rest of scripture, a tone and theme of goodness and creation, but, but also I like to imagine it as told by, and, and go with me on this, but I like to imagine it as told to me by Sophia from the Golden Girls, right? So I'll read it as the way that it's written and or translated in the NRSV. And then I'll read it the way that I like to think about it in my head. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Now, as if Sophia were telling the story, I imagine that she would say, picture it the universe well before 1900 anything there was a lonely divinity desiring to create and the world was its oyster so it reached out with its essence and brought all things into being that divinity was jesus and those all things well let's just say me being here is no accident right like that's that's how i imagine she says it in my head um and I, and I like telling the creation story in that way because I think it reinforces something we need to hear, that your identity is God-ordained and holy. Now, I bring up Genesis for a very important reason. In, in that moment where God decides to create, when the great divinity we know as the great I am causes all things to come into being, that's another form of baptism. It's a baptism of the cosmos that through the touching of both God's breath and water, something gloriously new was revealed. So fast forward again, back to our scripture in Mark, right? Back to where John the Baptist anoints Jesus with water and a dove marks the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Water and the Spirit together again, first at the beginning of all creation, and now here with Jesus. If, if it were a movie, I want it to be made by Disney, because I want that soundtrack moment to be like a combination of Let It Go, King of Pride Rock, and Avengers Assemble, because that essentially is what baptism is, right? It's a full-on convergence of the physical and the ethereal, the ordinary and the magical, the elemental and the spiritual, right? It's like when all of these things that seem different are placed in front and offered up you know what Disney song really captures baptism more than the others? Not, it, it, it's the one that's, uh, that comes from Newsies. It's that song, I listen to that song over and over. And if you listen to it over and over, it, it gets more Christian, it, 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 go with me on this, right? So it's, carried, it's carrying the banner from Newsies. Um, and I'm talking especially about the one that comes from the movie. Which I think is better than, than the musical. Um, and it's, it's this combo of ensemble singing, big builds, depressing lives, uh, and one giant message of, of in the suckiness of life, there is this group of people carrying the banner of news. There's joy, self deprecation, crescendo, and that's how the movie starts. Hashtag baptism. <laughs> I mean, Why is Jesus's baptism so important? Because it's the exemplification of our charge here on earth and it's at the beginning, right? I'd, it's at the beginning of the Old Testament. It's at the beginning of the New Testament. It's the starter. I teach a whole week on baptism using just that one song but we don't need to. We have Jesus as the best example of what this new life means for all of us. Just like in the beginning of creation We each are blessed by a mixture of that elemental and that divine, one part knowable, one part unknowable. The difficult part is knowing what to do with that divine part here on earth, how to value it, how to hold it special and how to protect it. All of us have all heard at some point in our lives that we aren't the best possibility, that we aren't normal, that we are missing something that is more desired than what we are. The technical term for having to blend into a culture that isn't authentic to your true self, the who you are without fear is code switching. It's a practice that some of us know all too well. When I was in chaplaincy training in the hospital, I was charged with visiting people without having any prior relationship. It was cold call walking into rooms just to see how people were doing. Uh, In the hospital, the psychiatrists are assisting critical evaluations and therapies. So that means that the emotional well-being of the rest of the hospital are in the chaplain's job. Well, so one day I went into this 20-year-old's room. And after a bit of conversation and noticing his very thick southern drawl, I'd gotten that he was a uh, military and a mechanic or former military and a mechanic. He was into motorcycles and pretty much ticked every stereotypical box that I needed um, in order to wonder if I was the right person to be in this room. So in the course of our convo, when I was about to mention my husband, I paused. I chose to say spouse. It wasn't because I was being gender neutral. I was trying to not focus on my sexual orientation, on who I was. I didn't want it to distract from our conversation. You know, I even debated in that moment saying wife, but I knew I just couldn't lie to myself if I went that far. Um, And he stopped and he said to me, is there a reason you aren't saying husband? He was taken aback by the fact that I wasn't willing to be fully authentic with him. Chaplains are asked to bring a piece of the Holy into the hospital room with them. And I reneged on my baptismal responsibility in the desire to hide a part of myself. I'd muffled the work of Jesus, but Jesus used that moment, not for him, but for me. It was a wake-up call. I'd allowed my own fears to put a barrier between me and that man because I was afraid of what he would think of me because I was more concerned with succeeding in his world than offering up my authentic self. Now, don't confuse what I'm about to say. Code-switching is sometimes very necessary to protect ourselves. But we get to really we get to be really clear about when we code switch who and what we're protecting in, those, in that code switching, right? Are we code switching because we're nervous and afraid and not about to take something on or because there is an authentic uh, saving of life that has to be done, right? We're all at hinge points in our lives. Jesus's baptism was a hinge point for his life. He lived 30 years under the radar. He lived 30 years before he set out on his mission. And then in the three years after his baptism, he would give his mortal life to complete that mission. There can be a very real price for authenticity. And I think that that has to be said and acknowledged whenever you talk about code switching, whenever you talk about authenticity. But what is required of us, required of all baptized people versus what is merely optional for everyone else is different. And I think you know that. Our baptism are our marching orders. There's a reason that Paul uses such militaristic language in his letters. It is, but not just because the Roman empire was in everyone's minds. It's because he knew that a life worth living was a life worth giving. That a baptized life, a life revealed to be holy and given for the glory of God was one worth carrying the banner. Baptism is conscription. You are separated from your old life and old responsibilities. You are anointed to continue in Jesus's footsteps to do just as he did and do so not in isolation, but among your peers, those who will see you answer God's call to live out a life that preaches love of God and love of neighbor. Unlike Jesus, your baptism is a reminder that you are a beloved child of God. Baptism is both a joy and obligation. It is a validation that who you are is well-pleased by God. You don't ever have to code switch for him. You don't ever have to pretend with Jesus, you don't have to. You don't ever have to blend in with Jesus. And just like all those Disney movies, even when you think there's only one hero, you realize there aren't. There's many. There's an army of heroes who are carrying the banner alongside each of you. Now, may this anniversary of Jesus' Jesus's baptism be for you a reminder that you are beloved that you are exactly who God wants you to be and that you have a God-anointed responsibility to go out into God's world and spread God's message of love and divinity. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Good Theology. To learn more, please find us online at goodtheology.life.